Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. We're the hosts of the Places Where We Go podcast. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places in our own local backyard. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're back today for people who either own an RV or people who are interested, thinking that someday they might get an RV. And we're going to talk about one type of place where you can stay with a rig. And today's episode is going to be about harvest hosts. We recently had an experience where we had to go get our rig that was undergoing repairs. We live in Ventura County. The rig was up in Sacramento. And so two trips ago, we ended up making the drive from home to that area and then back home all in one day. It was horrendous. It was too much driving. And then we said, hey, next time we're going up to that area, because we do find ourselves there from time to time, we're going to break it up. And we knew we had another trip on the calendar. We were going to have our Airstream with us, but this time we wanted a place to stop midway between Northern California and home. We've been hearing about Harvest Hosts, and we knew that this could be an option just for a pull the rig somewhere in and spend the night. So we thought we'd take the plunge on a membership and give it a go. So Harvest Hosts, Julie, what is this thing all about? What is this membership all about? So it's a program that invites self-contained RVers for sometimes, well, maybe all the time, a very unique experience uh, in RVing. You can use this program for RV camping at more than 2,400 wineries, breweries, farms, people that just have private property and something to offer. And it is in the lower 48 states, plus Alaska, Canada, and Baja, California. You will get a chance once you get onto the website, the Harvest Host website, to see the map of locations that are across this nation. But you can't really get specifics until you actually join. Yeah, they have the website set up such that if you're lurking, which we did initially, you can zoom in only so far into a geography. And they don't let you zoom in all the way because I think that starts to give away their information of who the hosts are. So they do try to keep that for members only. But anybody can go to the Harvest Host website and you can at least look in your state, general area to get a sense of, you know, how many hosts might there be. The membership costs $99 a year as of this point. And it gives you access to unlimited stays overnight at any of these host locations. But each stay is really like a single night. Yes. They kindly ask for the members to support their hosts by purchasing something from their local business, wherever they're hosting from. Yeah. So if you happen to spend the night at a winery, the understanding is you're going to walk away with a bottle of wine. If you're at a brewery, you're going to buy some beer, that type of trade-off. Yeah. And sometimes they'll even ask you 
what is it that you'd like to buy before you even get there? So we stayed at a brewery, so we uh, um, are beer lovers, and uh, we like to try different beers, so that worked out great for us. Yeah, they didn't have to twist our arm no. for that. We actually got a discount of 15% when we joined. I don't know when they offer those type of discounts, but I mean, if you go online, look for any information in regards to it's your first time joining and they offer this kind of discount. So it was nice to get that bit of a discount. Yeah. I mean, it kind of seemed that, okay, if it was going to cost us, what, roughly 75 bucks or something, that right there, that might be worth it for a one night stay. Mm -hmm. And if we use it throughout the year anymore, it's kind of, you know, bonus on top of that. So it, it didn't break the bank and it was something new to try. Participation guidelines. So let's talk about this. Julie, you mentioned that this is for people who have a self-contained RV. That means you've got a bathroom in your rig. You've got your cooking facilities. Basically, you're going to be able to pull up somewhere and not rely on hookups because most of the hosts are not going to provide any kind of hookups. So you need to have your own water, your own everything. No tents are typically allowed. I don't know if there's exceptions, but that seems to be the general rule. It's for RVs only. Overnight stays are limited to a single night. There are some times, and I've seen it, where the hosts may allow an additional night. Sometimes the additional night is going to come at a modest cost. I've seen that. So it's going to vary a little bit from host to host, but you're going to get at least that one night. And I think it's great for like if you're traveling from one place to another and you just need a place to stay overnight, this is great for that. You are going to need to provide proof of membership and registration, typically upon arrival. When you join Harvest Hosts, you get a membership number. You're going to get an electronic ID card. So when we booked our first night, I had to provide the host with our membership number, and then that was used to coordinate everything. And members are required to maintain liability insurance on their vehicle and proof of such insurance must be carried in the vehicle. And I think in most states, you need to kind of have that anyway. Right, so hopefully right. that's uh, just kind of something basic that is not going to come out of the blue for a whole lot of people. Our first experience was a good one. Like I had mentioned, we stayed at a brewery and we were very excited about staying at a brewery because we like beer. And whoever thought that you could kind of do a camping thing at a brewery. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was a good experience, like I said. And we stopped about midway between Sacramento and home, uh, which is exactly what we wanted to do because that trip in one day going all the way to Sacramento and coming back was what was it like a 14 hour day yeah that was, one day it was crazy it, it was at least 14 hours of driving yeah, and yeah. that's way too much driving you just physically your brain just kind of shuts down at some point and that's not a real good way to be pulling a trailer right or just driving at all i mean yeah. it's very fatiguing and yeah not the best the brewery was in um, the old town of this place that we stayed, which was really cool because I like history and I like to see things that are preserved. So we had fun walking up and down the streets there and looking at uh, some of these old buildings. And uh, we went to a little museum about the town there, and that was really fun. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of information in a small space, and it, it was very well done. So we, I like that a lot. The beer was wonderful. It was unique. So I really enjoyed that a lot. And they had good food. So we ended up having dinner there also, which was nice. If you didn't want to cook in your 
own RV right there is a restaurant with, and uh, I enjoyed that too, going, just being able to go out and having a good meal. While we were there, there was, when we arrived, there was a farmer's market going on. So the street right in front of the brewery, a couple blocks of tents that were set up selling, as you would expect at a farmer's market, fruits and vegetables. And then you had tents that had other items for sale, handmade items. It was just kind of fun to walk up and down that, uh, you know, that little farmer's market and see that. They had ponies for the mm-hmm. kids. And it was fun. We don't have farmer's markets like that. Where we no, live, not so. in our town. Yeah. No. And I think we've made attempts, but it just never seems to stick. So that was really fun. And there was music set up. They had actual live music. It was the first time you and I, I think, heard live music since this COVID thing began. Yeah. So it was like a year, yeah. it feels like a year and a half. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. We just really enjoyed that part of it. And our hosts were really wonderful people. They were very happy that we were there. They were very gracious. They just were really, really nice people. Yeah, we had good conversations with both of the hosts. So it was a husband and a wife. Yeah. They also happened to own the same kind of trailer that we do. So that prompted some conversation and comparison about our experiences because each of us have owned our rigs for just about the same amount of time. So, you know, kind of having our newbie anniversary. So it was interesting to trade stories about yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, it was very nice. And they were packed. Their restaurant was packed. So it was kind of nice to see customers coming and and helping these restaurants out as we're trying to kickstart and begin this after COVID era. Mm -hmm. That was good. So as we're going through the discussion, we've mentioned that we were in this historic town. We actually are not going to disclose the name of the town, the name of the brewery, in part because if we did... That pretty much gives away where the parking location is, and it's kind of the arrangement, I think, with the Harvest host that they disclose that once you become a member, once you make an arrangement. So you know it's in California. You know it's kind of halfway between Sacramento (laughs) and Ventura County. This is really just more about the experience of Harvest host. So you mentioned, Julie, some of the things that went well for us, the things that we liked, but we did walk away with a list of things that could have been better or could have been different. So we'll talk about that. Some are not specific to Harvest Host, but, you know, depending on where you stay, some of these things may impact your experience. So when we arrived in this town and it was like mid-afternoon, late afternoon, it was hot. We're like talking about 100 degree hot. We needed initially to park our rig on a city street a few blocks away from the brewery. We had no way to cool down the rig. There was no hookups, and we don't have a lithium battery set up, so we can't like be running that kind of power because it will drain our batteries. So again, we were on a initially on a city street a few blocks away. Then we learned that the parking for when we would actually put our rig somewhere for the night was not going to be on private property, but rather it was going to be in a public area where the owner had an arrangement with the city. So that became a little odd for us, partly because in this public space, you mentioned you know there was a farmer's market going on, so there was a lot of activity going on, and parking spaces were filled, including where we were ultimately supposed to pull our rig. Yeah. So you know we had 
drinks, we had dinner, we listened to music, and then I don't know, it's like around up and down the street, eight thirty, yeah. nine o'clock. We go back to look at the space where we're supposed to pull our rig, and there's not enough room to pull the rig because there's yeah. cars still there. We found a bench. <laughs> we just kind of killed some time on yeah. a bench waiting for the activities in the town to die down. And it turned out that the space where we needed to pull the rig didn't open up for us until about 10 p.m. Yeah. And this is when I I think I was getting impatient. Mm-hmm. I, I was doing well. I liked the town. It was a really nice little town. And I liked the hosts, you know, very lovely couple. So I didn't want to disparage them in any way. But I was tired. You know, at mm-hmm. that point, I was so tired and the bench wasn't going to do it for me. I know I was getting impatient about getting. Yeah. I think we almost talked about bed. if we weren't going to get the space that we would just probably sleep in the rig on the city street yeah. where it was parked. Yeah. just Yeah. Which wasn't optimal. No. But then, you know, shortly after we went to the rig and drove it to the parking lot to see if we could get in, lo and behold, there was enough room. Well, there was one car that we were like, oh, if only this car would leave. And I think we decided we're just going to get the rig, pull it in and and see what happens. And hopefully that car was gone. And luckily for us, it just as we were pulling in, the car was gone. Yeah. So we were able to slip in and park the rig across some parking spaces. Yeah. And it was on the good side of being in this parking area was one that it was lit. Mm-hmm. So you kind of feel better when there's lighting in the area that, right. that you're at. Yeah. But again, it was a public space. I didn't, I didn't get any spidey senses. I felt like a safe area. I didn't feel like we were in any kind of danger in any way. Right. But... I still kind of, I guess, went to bed with like the one ear open just because it just We're felt... In public parking. Yeah, it felt weird to me. And in fact, I think it was close to 11 p.m. You know, I still wasn't sleeping. And I heard, you know, some folks coming through the parking lot in the main street. And there was, you know, you could tell that they've had a few, few libations. And one of the voices, I remember saying... Hey, look, there's a trailer. Let's go knock on the door. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, please don't. (laughs) And luckily they didn't. So after that, I was able to sleep most of the night okay. But um, yeah, so that was kind of the what was odd about this particular experience. Yeah, it wasn't real restful. And we slept in our clothes because it was like, if we have to get out of here fast, I just want to jump in the truck and go, you know, and... Yep. So we left this experience with a few ideas about what we might do different next time if we use Harvest Host. If. We will. We will? Yes, Okay. So there you go. So we we will use Harvest Host again. (laughs) But when we do, we have a few things on the checklist to uh, consider. Mm -hmm. The first thing we do, would we'd scope out the parking. We would look to make sure that anything that was on private property was more ideal for us. It needs to be on private property. The public parking lot is not ideal. And uh, so, you know, I would look for something that I don't have to worry about anybody coming onto the property or near our rig because they can. Mm -hmm. It's public property. The next thing I would do would be to confirm that we can park the rig at the spot where we're going to stay when we arrive. Parking on a street and having to move it to the spot where you're supposed to park was totally not ideal at all. It was was kind of rough. 
especially since we didn't get to move the rig until so late. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that if you go onto the Harvest Host website, you can get an idea by reviews from other Harvest Host users, what their experience is. And there's some experiences that you'll read about that it might be a little difficult to get to the Harvest Host location. You might have some pretty bumpy roads. It may be gravel roads, you know, so you want to kind of get an idea. Can your rig handle those type of roads going in? Some can't. Some have a really difficult time handling bumpy roads. So check that out first. Make sure it's smooth riding for you and you're comfortable with driving into the area. Yeah. Reviews are great. I think it's wonderful that we're able to get a sense of experiences from other people who have done similar things. So we'll just continue to keep our ears open for positive stories about other hosts in this network. And we'll probably be going back up Northern California at least two more times before this year is done. And probably on each of those adventures, we will include a harvest host on the way, either on the Mm -hmm. way up or on the way back. Mm -hmm already have my eye on a few wineries so we'll continue to experience this so this is just a little bit um flavor about a different type of way to stay somewhere overnight if you have an rv so i think we're all familiar with camping areas rv parks harvest hosts this kind of thing is kind of newer in the world Mm -hmm, so being that we just used it thought we would share our experience and we will be back in the future as we um, have future experiences and keep you up to date on how harvest hosts is working for us but this is all connected to the wonderful world of rving and so as we uh, wrap this discussion up we thought we'd close with a few fun facts about the rv world First fun fact, the average camper travels 190 miles to go camping. This is the average. The average RV owner spends from 28 to 35 days per year using the RV and puts 4,500 miles on their RV each year. Yeah. So now when people are doing their uh, about a month sleeping in an RV, there's this new way to uh, spend some of those nights at Harvest Hosts. Mm-hmm. There's almost 9 million families who own an RV, and there is over 16,000 public and private places to camp for RVers in America. And I believe that's going to increase. It's been increasing. Yeah. Yeah. Another fun fact is a recent survey found that for a family of four, traveling by RV on vacation can save them 23 to 59% of their vacation cost. Yeah. And I think you and I are finding when we do travel in the RV, things like eating out, yeah, we, we, we don't do hardly anymore. I mean, we might go out for a bite here or there, but almost all of our cooking is prepared mm-hmm. in the rig. And yeah. it's nice because we can eat what we're used to eating, prepare it how we want it. Yeah. And the last camping trip that we took was in the Sequoias and... I was enjoying so much learning some of these new recipes. I mean, I mm. thought, you know, this is fun. It's easy. And they were one pot recipes. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. On the cost issue, you know, the other thing that I've been keeping since like in the year, year plus that we've owned the rig is every place that we've stayed. Cause I just kind of, I'm in, very much interested in the you know economics of 
things. I've kept a spreadsheet of where we've stayed, how much it's cost us to stay there, and if we were going to visit the area in not the RV, how much would it have cost us otherwise for a hotel? And uh-huh. invariably, I mean, every place that we stay, it is always cheaper at the RV park or uh-huh. campground, even when you've got one that's a little pricier. But like yeah. you, you mentioned Sequoia. Yeah. We stayed in our, basically in our home on wheels in, to me, one of the most beautiful places that you can go for $22 a night. Right. You yeah. can't get a hotel. You, okay. You can't get a hotel that you would want to sleep in. <laughs> for $22 a night. If you find a hotel for 22 bucks a night, I bet you wouldn't return there. Is my guess. I don't know. Well, but I don't know if you could even find anything for $22 yeah, a night Yeah, but I mean, anymore. I think about, you know, in the last probably two years when, you, when we've traveled and stayed at hotels in the States, it's starting to get to, you know, almost 200 bucks a night, if yeah. not more, depending on the city. Yeah, for, for a very basic hotel yeah. room. And you know? for like where you and I feel comfortable yeah. staying. Yeah. So... Yes, there's a cost to owning a rig. Yes, there's associated costs. But, you know, when you put everything together, there, there's a good amount of savings that helps to balance things yeah. out. Yeah. And the last thing that we have on the fun facts, and you kind of alluded to this, was the latest projections show that RV shipments in this year, 2021, are projected to be over 533,000 units which is an increase of almost 24% from the year before. So since COVID hit, people have been jumping into the camping world, into the RV world. There's a lot of people out there who are thinking, hey, when things get back to normal, there might be a lot of lightly used RVs for sale. So if you're interested in the uh, RV experience, you might keep your eyes open because there's probably going to be a chunk of these people who go down this path go camping once or twice and some of them will find out hey this is not for me right because not absolutely yeah absolutely there are there will be those people it's just you know it's going to be interesting to see the numbers of how many people bought in and then the next year decided it wasn't for them yeah it's going to be very interesting yeah so this is our uh almost feels like kind of like an in-between episode for me when we do come back we are uh, about to embark on a trip that we've been planning to take for now a, a couple of years. Yeah. COVID derailed us last mm-hmm. year, but we're going to come back with adventures from one of the premier national parks in the United States. We're going to take you through some additional national park experiences, city experiences in one of our northernmost states. So, you know, come back and join us in a few weeks. We're going to have new adventures to share with you. We're uh, excited about doing that. Mm -hmm. If you're not subscribing to us yet, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button in iTunes or your favorite source for podcasts. And you can catch up on any of our future episodes like the ones we just spoke about. And check out our YouTube channel. And if you like that, please hit the like button and subscribe. We sure would appreciate that. And thank you very much for joining us on The Places Where We Go. If you have any comments or info to share with us about travel, you can write us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com.
You can also follow us on social media. Right now we're on Twitter and Instagram, both at the places where we go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. See you next time. Bye now.